Hey, y'all, and welcome to this week's Pain in the Pod. I was so excited to get to talk to Tiffany Reese again. She has the podcast, Something Was Wrong, and I talked to her a while back when she had season one, but then she quickly put out seasons two and three, and I was just trying to catch up. So we talk a little bit about seasons two and three, and we also talk about what's coming up for season four. Yep, she's putting out another season. I think she said the end of January. So that's exciting. So make sure you take a listen to Tiffany's podcast, Something Was Wrong. And if you want more bonus content from this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash pain in the pod. And if you go ahead and leave five stars, that helps a ton too. Thanks so much and enjoy listening to Tiffany of Something Was Wrong. Hey, y'all. Today, I am so lucky to be chatting with a return guest, Tiffany Reese of Something Was Wrong. Lately, I've had several people reach out to me to ask when I'm going to be talking to Tiffany Reese. And I was like, hello, I've already talked to her. But yes, I'll do it again. So since we talked last, Tiffany has put out two new seasons of Something Was Wrong, two, and she won a podcast award. Tiffany is freaking killing it. So Tiffany, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. I'll tell you that I uh, let some people know that I was going to be talking to you, and they're like, oh, thank God I've been dying for you to talk to her. I was like, I've already talked to her. This is my second time. You know, and they're like, oh, even better, even better. So people are like so invested in your new seasons. So, all right, let's talk about, let's do a quick recap of what happened in season one. So season one was a story, and it was a girl who had kind of been duped by this narcissist and they were engaged and it turned out everything he'd ever told her was a lie and turned out he had done this to many other women and the story was amazing. So remind my listeners about that story and kind of give me an update of what has happened with that season one story since uh, since it aired. So season one tells, as you mentioned, the story of Sarah who is engaged to who she thinks is the man of her dreams. And a week before her wedding, she discovers a lot of things that he has been doing um, that she was unaware of. And it's also about emotional abuse and the signs to look for in those kinds of relationships. And since that happened, since that story, you're you're still in contact with Sarah, and you guys are still friends. It appears. Yes, this yes. is f- from social media. I'm gleaming this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We talk almost every day. I would say, you know, at least a few times a week. It was surprising listening to you interviewing her that you two weren't already, uh, you know, friends from the past. But it was like a friend of a friend, and you heard the story and decided to do the podcast. And now it seems like you guys were always friends. Yeah, I I think she's really easy to be friends with. Um, she's she's very easygoing and easy to get to know. So it's been really cool getting to know her better and her, Alyssa, and I still keep in contact, like I said, all the time. And I actually keep in contact with everyone from all the seasons now um, pretty frequently, which I like because I like – to build actual real, you know, strong relationships with each person. And Mm -hmm. so it's nice that that doesn't go away after the season ends. How long did you work on season one, you know, in total from when you started the story to when you released it? Um, I would say about six months. I worked um, with Sarah and just working on editing and figuring things out for about six months before the season started releasing. And when season one came out, in your mind, were you like, oh, yeah, people are going to love this. It's going to be great because it just sort of blew up. I mean, it was everywhere. Like I said, you won an award for it. It was um, 
it really took off like lightning. How did you how did you sort of like deal with that or sort of accept it, sort of take it in, you know? It was really exciting. I was going through screenshots, you know, like reviewing the year. And I remember when we got 5,000 downloads, I had taken a, a picture of it on my phone and sent it to Sarah and Alyssa. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like it was in, it was a huge deal to have even that many people be listening to the podcast. So then to see it just continue to blossom and get recognized is still honestly pretty baffling to me. But I think it is a testament to these kinds of stories and how relatable they are for so many people, Yes, um, unfortunately. And I think that Sarah was able to really relay her feelings and her experience in a way that a lot of people connected to. So let's talk about season two and three, which sort of came out pretty quickly thereafter. Well, we would talk about it individually, but as a whole, how did those two different stories come to you after season one? So I connected with T from season two and CJ from season three around the same time. Actually, I connected with them during season one. Um, season two was actually going to be season three, but because of some logistics, things sort of got shifted. And that's why the seasons aired back to back the way that they did. But I connected with both of them on social media at during season one, um, when I wasn't getting as many messages on social media, and it was easier to connect with people that way. So T, I believe reached out to me on Facebook, and CJ had messaged me on um, Instagram, and we had connected there. So yeah, social media, pretty much. And they were just like, you're not going to believe it. I have a crazy story too. And But I imagine you get that a lot. So you kind of have to almost pick and choose. Yes, yes, you get a lot. I Especially now I get a, a lot of messages. Less people were messaging me when they both started messaging me. And CJ was really just like, reaching out to let me know that she enjoyed the podcast and that she had her own experience with a narcissist. And we sort of just were getting to know each other. Whereas T was much more like, let me tell you some crazy shit. <laughs> so <laughs> she was much more aggressive. Like I have been waiting 10, 12 years to tell this story. And oh, like, wow. I feel like you are the person who's supposed to tell it. And then she started telling me pieces of it. And I was like, I need to know more about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then so you were working on them a little bit simultaneously. So did it take was it in your mind about like another 6 months where you worked on these two stories back to back? Yeah, I would say um probably 3 months each on those, so I had less time for sure. It's been a, a very busy year, but I guess you also get faster as you go. Um for sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, because you're learning, you know, my my friend Aaron has a phrase that I love talking about podcasting, which is I'm building the plane as I'm flying it. And um, that's to me, I was like, that's exactly what podcasting is, right? Especially if you're jumping in with a story, you're just like, okay, here we go. I'm going to go and we're just going to, we're just going to start. And then we're just going to get better as we go along and figure it out. You know, I feel like a lot of podcasters um, jump in that way. And for season two and season three, we'll just briefly like explain the ba- the basic story of season two was um, T contacted you to tell you about this woman that she had worked with that basically turned out to everything about her life was a lie. And T was sort of 
helping her, you know, with her children, with her divorce, with her abusive boyfriend, with her cancer, with her child being very, very sick and about to die, and all these dramatic things that, you know, as they're going along, it's just like one person can't have this much bad luck, right? Yeah, and T is such a... um empathic, loving person. And so I think that it was really this sort of like perfect storm of this person who's super, super trusting meeting this person who is an incredible liar, um, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Um, And she was able to convince her for four years of all these lies. And she really didn't question it, you know, in her mind. She believed what this person had told her and I think ultimately the story there for me was about um, Sylvia's kids it really just broke my heart hearing what that experience would be like for a child and -hmm. I know it was hard to listen to for a lot of people myself included but I also think it's important because it's one of those examples of how emotional abuse or even just being a child of someone who is a liar to that extent, how that can really disrupt children's lives and affect them long term as well. So, absolutely. And then the brief synopsis of season three is you had um, CJ, who was a girl who contacted you, who told you the, this long story that, and there's like a death involved, and it's a long story about this severe narcissist that sort of infiltrated her life, but uh, through her in-laws. And this woman kind of took control over the in-laws' life. And it is quite a tale. That's the kind of tale that somebody would tell me at a party. And I would be like, let's just sit over here. Like, I, I got I to hear the whole thing. Like, this is incredible. So that story was a little bit different. Same in that it involves like a narcissist, but different in that... Season two being about somebody who probably had, you know, Munchausen's, Munchausen's by proxy. And this person in season three was just a narcissist. Everything was about them and them controlling everybody around them. Yeah, I think season two, it's a lot easier to sympathize with Sylvia as well as T um, because it's so clear that she's mentally unwell, not to disregard any of the pain or hurt that she caused. But she's less hateable than Dick and Patty are from seasons one and three. Um, I think it's a lot easier for people to listen to stories when um, there is sort of more of a clear villain in in the story versus someone who is just very mentally unwell, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because season two, like you're saying, there's no real villain there because the girl who is Sylvia is not well. Right. She's just so clearly unwell um, and hurt herself in the process, too. It was like she was also her own victim. Um, Whereas with season three, it became very easy for me to hate Patty pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. 
Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. Okay, I'm back with Tiffany Reese of Something Was Wrong, and we're digging into a little bit of season two and three. And, you know, somebody, when I was reaching out to some of my um, internet friends, I was saying I was going to talk to you, and what questions would you have? And the main question people had was, you know, does this take a toll on you day in and day out when you're listening to these stories? Um, you know, like you said, two of them have a real clear villain. And then the season two, there's no real villain. It's just somebody who's not well and doing harm to herself and her loved ones in addition to her friends. So when you're listening to these stories, and I think you're a lot like me, where I just want to like get the whole story, but at the same time, it takes a toll on you, like you said about the kids. So how do you kind of deal with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that it helps that I already listened to true crime in my free time for the last like 10 years before working on the podcast because I've heard a lot of craziness, um, for lack of a better term. But it is important for me to take cleansing breaks, I call them. And that looks like me just watching The Office or (laughs) Parks and Rec or a stand-up comedy special or something like that. And I do have to do that sometimes, just like take a mental break and um, step away because it is a lot, especially when you're re-listening to things over and over and over. It can get really overwhelming. But I also think because of my own background and my own past and stuff, it's sort of comforting to me um, Mm -hmm. in a strange way. Um, So... I think I'm able to compartmentalize, at least I hope I am. You know, I it's kind of just part of my life now. So I kind of have that mode and then I just switch to mom mode and, you know, or personal oh, yeah. life mode. But it is funny now that so many people that I know in real life listen to the podcast because then now when I'm out socially, it's kind of like what people want to talk about, <laughs> which is kind right. of, which is great. But it's also like sometimes I do just kind of want to talk about, you know, the Kardashians or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because I was recently at a family wedding and people would come up to me and be like, so what's going on? And these are people that, you know, I see when I go back home to Mississippi and I'll go, nothing, what's happening with you? You know, and they'll go, I mean, the podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then they want to talk about it. But what they really want to talk about is mostly specific cases to Mississippi, like the Christian Androcchio case, from Culpable or Curtis Flowers from In the Dark. I have nothing to do with either of these podcasts. I, you know, I spoke to the people in Culpable, but they want to talk about that, you know? And I think it's like you're saying, it's kind of like, I, I don't assume anybody has ever listened to it at all or that they want to talk to me about it. And they want to talk to me about other podcasts, which makes me so happy, you know, since, since I love to listen to podcasts. And so I was just thinking of these, like I have a few of these stories um, that you've told, like I know, you know, of stories of people that have done this. And that was going to be my next question is if you're like at a party or something, do people corner you and be like, you won't believe this shit I heard? Yes, all the time now. (laughs) It's really kind of, it's really kind of awesome though, in a way, because I am, I'm really not a small talk person. Like, sure, I'll talk about pop culture, like things I read in the news or stuff, you know, cases that I'm interested in and stuff like that. But I really like hearing, obviously, like I'm very curious by nature and I really like hearing about people's 
crazy stories. So I feel like I benefit from that aspect because people do now. They're like, oh, so you should have heard my cousin or, oh, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, he went to go be in a cult and all this stuff from people I knew that I know that I didn't know before. Yeah. Because they, I guess, know now that I'm, you know, interested in learning about people's stories. So I do really love that aspect for sure. I love it too. And I was just at a like a lunch or something and somebody was telling me something about in their family. And then the subject sort of moved on. I was like, hold on a second. Go back. You're telling me that this person didn't know he had this kid and now they know and now they're going on a family cruise together. Like what? You know, I'm like go back, go back. And they're like, oh no, don't you know about that story? I'm like, I don't, but now I need to know everything. And I'm the same way, I think, now that you're saying it. I don't really... I like small talk, but I don't need to talk about the weather or the traffic or I just, if you've got a story about some crazy crap going on in your family and now you found your birth parent and now they're taking you on a Caribbean cruise, that's the story I need to know. Yeah, same. I'm also, I need, we'll follow up afterwards so you can tell me the story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I've got so many. Lately, I feel like I know at least four people who have gone through 23andMe or something and found a birth parent and now they have these amazing new families. And some of the stories are nuts. Like, oh, yeah, it was back in the 60s and we didn't know who was the dad of this kid. And you're like, wait, go back to that part. Like, I just need to know that part, you know. I think that sometimes if you're so into stories, that's why people are into listening to podcasts because you just want to hear every detail of the story. So, okay, I want to hear. So speaking of the stories, I want to know when you are doing the podcast and say, for example, T is telling you the story about Sylvia. Is she sitting with you and telling you the story in order or is she telling it to you and you're having to sort of splice it and roll it back to sort of put it in order for the listener? I do do a lot of putting it back into order for the listener because I like stories told in linear ways, especially like with season three. It's so, and even season one, it's so complicated. Mm -hmm. There's so many moving parts that I feel like, I really want the listener to have the same experience as the person living the story did, meaning that even if we know what's coming, I still want them to hear what it was like for the person who lived it to sort of go from point A to point B. So I try my hardest to interview in order now, and I've learned that lesson over time. You know, it's one of those things you learn as you go, like, hey, I could make my life a lot easier if I do X, Y, or Z. Um so for season three, I was much more conscious of that when mm. I was interviewing and also just like prepping, like, let's try to stay in order as much as possible. And of course, because it's people talking about their trauma, that's easier said than done, right? Because right. the conversation can naturally move. But some people are very impressive with their ability to be able to tell a story in order. And I think as people have listened to the podcast also, they're able to sort of know the style and the way that the story will be told. And so I think that also makes it easier for them when they're doing their own interview to sort of know the flow of the podcast. It's hard, too, because if you're talking and you're telling a long story of something that happened over, you know, in the, in the example with T or with CJ, these are stories that took place over a long period of time, years. So as you're telling it, then you might go, oh, crap, I totally forgot something crazy that I forgot to tell you about that happened the year before. So, you know, like you're saying, the conversation will sort of um, flow that way. Like in the season three, it, it was very beneficial to me because CJ 
tells the story. She's the daughter-in-law and she says a lot, my father-in-law, my father-in-law, instead of saying his name. And that helped me a lot because I have to remember there were a lot of players, right? And when there are a lot of players and you're first listening, same way in a book, right? You're like, oh God, I hope I don't forget this person was this person's father-in-law, not their, you know? So it really helped me that she referred to her father-in-law a lot by it my father-in-law, because if you remember, okay, so she's married to this, because the son starts out telling the story originally, and then it shifts a lot to his wife. And there's some twists and turns in that and some big moments that I was was stunned that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and for, and for <laughs> you listening totally. to it, I mean, you knew the end when you started, but as it was developing, were you just like mouth open? Like, what can I even ask next? Yeah. And honestly, you get like a brief overview of the story, but I try not to get into like the nitty gritty details until we're recording because I want to be able to also have like my real reaction and be thinking as a listener, okay, what questions do I have now with that information? So I try to really constantly be listening as a listener so that I can be asking the right questions and Mm -hmm. I had a lot of questions as as we went along, but I also try really hard to just let people kind of go. And then when they're done, circling back with my questions. But yeah, so we do end up jumping around a lot during the interview process, but I'm glad you found that helpful. I also found it really helpful that CJ would refer as like my father-in-law or my husband and Brad did the same a lot, like my wife or, you know, my mom. And I do think that is helpful because... Um, you know, it's hard to keep track, especially with audio. I'm pretty good about recognizing people's voices when I'm listening to a podcast after like a first episode, but not everybody has that same ability or it gets complicated or, you know, over a week's time, you forget whose voice is whose. So I always try to be cognizant of that as well, Um, especially with those more detailed stories. But yeah, it still blows my mind that they live like a mile away from each other and they live in this tiny town and Brad still works with Patty's husband and all those things like that still leaves my mouth wide open because I just I don't know. I feel like I would fight someone. I just do. (laughs) I I don't know how I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's small town living for sure. I mean, in a small town. Everybody knows everybody's business and everybody, but I mean, this, this took such, such a dark turn that you're surprised that they could all still live in the same town together. But like they said, you know, Patty has sort of like, she lives there, but she sort of like disappeared and they don't see her anymore. So that's probably her just trying to keep out of their way um, and, you know, move on to another family, I guess. Okay. On that quick note, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more 
and take action today. Okay, I'm back. I'm talking with Tiffany Reese of Something Was Wrong, which now has three amazing seasons. Tell me what you think about this. And I know what you think about it because you said it, but I really want you to dig deep on this. You said recently in an interview, and I think it was a, a live thing that you did after one of your seasons, where you said regarding internet trolls, you make sure you people see your personal Instagram. There's no Instagram for the podcast. You have a personal Instagram and you do that purposefully so that people can see that you're a mom and you have kids and you're a real person. And that in your mind helps people to see you as not just this voice. And so if people have something horrible to say about the podcast, because there are trolls that say something horrible about everything in the world to you, it's like, look at me. I've I've never thought about that because mostly people do the opposite. So what's your deep thought on why you do that? Why you really want people to see you as a person so that the internet trolls can't hate you? Yeah. So I did end up starting like an Instagram for the podcast, but it's really a placeholder. I just put it so that if people searched and they didn't like know actually to look for my name and on the account, it says like, follow me here. You know, I do understand not everybody wants to see my life. So I do have like the podcast page, but it's it's very minimal. And I will tell you, I've noticed a significant difference between people's approach there and how they speak to me there versus when they're speaking to me on my personal account. And I think it's just because the internet can dehumanize us. Mm-hmm. And also when people are at like a podcast page, they treat you like a business. It's like people start demanding things of you and asking things of you as if you are like walmart.com or something. And you're right. going to like, you have this like full team of customer service people like sitting there waiting. And I think it's just because, you know, podcasting is a pretty new um, sort of revolution and people don't really understand how it works and who like, are you getting paid? And do you make money or you know what I mean? And yeah. a lot of podcasts now have these huge teams and professional studios. And and so I think some people might think that I'm like this huge team of people when I'm just like a mom. Yeah. And you're like in your house. Yeah. <laughs> just right. like in my pajamas. I don't even have a bra on right now. So yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just like, I do notice a difference with that. But yeah, I want people to see my face. And I I find that even when people do send you a message that's kind of snarky or they are like demanding something of you and I respond with like a human response, instantly they're nicer, it seems, you know, like Mm -hmm. if I follow up with them, because I think they realize like, oh, this is a human being I'm talking to, not just a general chat box on the internet. Um, So I do think it helps because people are so much nicer on my personal Instagram than like Facebook or the podcast Instagram or any other place. And I'd like to think that's because it helps people see me as a human being. Yeah, I think I didn't word my question very well, but your answer is perfect. I think that that's such a different approach and I think it's great because I have a, a personal Instagram that's open and then I have a, um, you know, the one for the podcast I do with Aaron and then I have the pain in the pod. And you're right. People will write on pain in the pod and say wonderful, nice things. And then some people will be critical and they're sometimes critical of me or sometimes critical of a podcaster that I interviewed. But if they're on my personal page, they're like, hey, your puppy's cute. And have you ever heard of this podcast? Have you listened to this one? You know, so I think that it's a I don't. It's, it's a little bit of like of a revolutionary approach to um, social media. Like, look at me. I'm a person, right? Yeah, I think so. And I really want to make real connections with people if they do contact me. You know, I don't want to just be like 
have some business type relationship with people, with listeners, you know, and I feel like that's my favorite thing about the podcast so far is that I have got to just meet so many cool people like yourself included that have listened and have their own story to tell or, you know, they just want to connect with you and say like, hey, this meant something to me. And it's really cool. You know, the Internet can suck, but it can be cool, yeah. too. I heard um, Adam Pally recently on Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, which is a new, I, I was like totally obsessed with it. And so I've gone back and listened to all the old ones. And Adam Pally was on there and he's a comedian and an actor. And he was saying that he had a show a while back called Champagne Ill, which was about Champaign, Illinois, and that he got all this backlash of people saying, oh, great, if you're going to name a show, you could have at least filmed it here. So he said, you know, he got so mad. He's like, do you think Friends was really shot in New York City on the street? Do you think Jaws had a real shark? Like, what's wrong with you? And he got all mad. And Dak Shepard was saying the same thing, like, he tries to really figure out what it is about these complete strangers that could hurt his feelings. Like somebody wrote recently, like you don't have enough diversity on your show. And Dak said, so I immediately heard that as I'm a racist. He goes, you know, and then I'm defending myself about not being a racist, of which I'm not a racist. And now I'm like, why did I let this one person, why did I go past all the nice comments and pick out the one mean one and focus on it? You know, and, and that's what they do on Armchair Expert. They kind of, you know, go, it's kind of like therapy. And Adam Pally was saying the same thing. He goes, oh, I do this. I clap back. I get all mad at these people and yell at them. And then 30 minutes later, I feel horrible and I take it all down and I apologize. Yeah, it's pointless. It really <laughs> is. And like something that I've definitely learned in this, the first year of of the podcast is just like everyone opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks everybody else's stinks and theirs is great. You know what I mean? And <laughs> even your own, like, I don't know if you experience this when you go out, like you're at a wedding or something, but like everyone has an opinion. Like everyone oh, oh, yeah. you know is actually a podcast expert and they're going <laughs> to tell you how you can make your show better. And I, being a recovering people pleaser, that is really hard for me. So I have just really had to double down on that, like, thanks for your opinion. But in my head, I'm just like, okay, well, make your own podcast then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that sounds like a great idea, Susan. Go run with that. Let me know how it goes in six months. Okay. You know, so I think, yeah, people's expectations of, well, also, just to go off on a little side note, like when Game of Thrones was ending and the way people were acting and so disappointed, it really made me realize, like, what is it about our culture here in the United States that people are feel so entitled to other people's art? Yes, yes. Like, right, right. You know, especially when a lot, I mean, obviously Game of Thrones people pay for, but a lot of times, like, even with podcasts or whatever, like you're saying people message you and the things they say, it's like, you're providing like a free to them service. Like, you know, it costs right. them nothing. So why would anyone be entitled to your art or you to do it a certain way? That just kind of fascinates me. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's kind of goes to what Adam Pally and Dak Shepard were talking about. Like, what I really have to realize is, is, oh, oh, this person is just mad about something else. And they came across me and they were saying how, you know, back in our days when we were younger, what would we do? Would we write a letter to Johnny Carson saying, I hated when you had so-and-so on the couch? Like, no, you wouldn't because it would take too much time and effort. But now it's so easy to just go on and be like, I can't believe you did the story about this. Like, I knew that person and they're great. You know, and you're like, well, okay, well, that's your story to tell. So go on another podcast and tell that story, you know? 
I, I think a hundred percent. I always tell my kids, you can't account for taste, honey. Okay, because yeah. everybody's got an opinion, and you just got to be you. You know. Absolutely right. And I think that uh, a, a lot of your Instagram and social media and stuff is a lot about you being a mom. I'm a mom too. I have teenagers. And so I come at a lot of my worldview from being a mom of teenagers, you know? And, uh, you know, so your worldview is whatever your background has made it. So if somebody's mad at Adam Pally about Champaign, Illinois, that's their issue with being from Champaign, Illinois, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would talk to a therapist about that. <laughs> Because, like, people get upset about things that really have no impact on their life. And I get it. I've been there. But like you said, the internet just makes it so easy in a way that it's, like, it makes things important that really aren't important, you know? Yeah. It's, like, this – I'm just honestly really glad I got to have a childhood without the internet until I was, like, in junior high. Because it's a lot Mm -hmm. of pressure, you know, even for young people this – today, like – like you said, there's just so much quick information sharing and access. And I can't even imagine when my kids are teenagers what that experience will be like. <laughs> so speaking of that, speaking of the access of the internet, um, season one, the guy, the um the guy that was the narcissist fiance guy, his name was Dick. And people, not quickly, but towards the end of your podcast, figured out who he was. I don't know how, and I don't have enough time, and I don't know. I mean, somebody sent it to me, like, right uh, after I talked to you. Somebody sent me, like, the Reddit links or whatever about they found out who he was. And at that time, I looked. I was like, oh, all right. And I, it's completely gone out of my mind now. But how did you and Sarah feel about that? I mean, did you expect that that would happen? Because I thought you sort of hit it all pretty well. But people figured out who he was. Yeah, I mean, I figured it was going to happen, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I think Sarah did, too. Um, just because he is so prominent on the internet. And honestly, we both kind of expected that he would insert himself in some way because he is just such a narcissist that he needs to be involved also, even in the process of people hating him and try and control that. Like, he's still in the Facebook group today. So it's like, did he ever? Did he ever get married to the girl that he was... The latest engagement? They're supposed to be getting married in May, according to their wedding website. And I heard, I do hear, it's funny, like somebody will send me when there's like updates on their wedding website. I always Uh -uh. hear from somebody or like, they posted more pictures. It's still happening. And it's really unfortunate. And I will say, like, we didn't cover everything on the podcast, but she for sure knows about the podcast. Her parents for sure know about the podcast. Whether or not they've listened, I don't know. But it really wow. bums me out that they're still they're, – his bullshit story that he's stirred up for this girl, it must be a winner, let me tell you. Because if you have a whole podcast about how, what a piece of crap you are and yeah. you're still able to convince a gorgeous – 20 something queen to marry you like I you got to be good man you must be real good oh boy that's uh, one of the questions that my listeners have said like you know did she ever have any backlash from dick and I was kind of trying to remember like when it all went down it was like okay you figured out who he was but let's just you know let's don't give him any more attention because that's what he wants honestly I think he enjoys it and I think that with season three with so much focus being on Patty Mm-hmm. From what I heard in like even the Facebook group and things like that, I think he got bored because he actually, we believe, created like a Voxer account and started trying to catfish Sarah again just a couple months ago. <gasps> no. Yeah, she posted about her on her Instagram. I don't know if it's still in her like stories, like as a highlight, but yeah. apparently with Voxer, 
people can only contact you if they have your phone number or your email. Mm -hmm. And she's really private about her personal email and phone number for obvious reasons. And he definitely, we believe, we don't think anybody else would have the motivation in her contacts to do so. Um, and he even sent an audio message, like faking an accent. And Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa is an acting teacher. So she was able to tell, she was like right away, she was like, that's him. And she also knows his voice a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's still trying. I And they were like, why is he still doing this? And I'm like, honestly, I think he's jealous of all the attention Patty's getting. Like, that's the level narcissist he is. But, you know, I just hope for that girl's safety, the one that he's engaged to. I just really hope that she'll figure it out. Hope I hope it doesn't take a week before the wedding, but oh God, yeah. I hope she figures it out before they get married. Ugh. What, um, now tell me, is there a season four or five combo coming up or <laughs> season four coming up? Season four, I, I'm very excited. I haven't talked about what cult it is is covering yet. Ooh, um, it's a cult. It's a cult. But it's a cult. Yay, it's yay. a cult. Yes. And it's a I'm able to interview the person that escaped, and I mean that literally escaped barely with their life in person. And I'm actually doing that this upcoming weekend. And it's sort of this it's one of the most famous cults out there. And so it's kind of crazy that I'm getting to even interview this person, but his daughter happened to listen to the podcast and all three seasons and she like loves it. And so she approached her dad and asked him if he would speak with me and he has agreed. So I'm really excited to just dig into like crowd psychology and how these sorts of things happen. Cause I think cults are honestly like much more common than we even realize um, now that I'm digging yeah. into the definition. And there's even uh-huh. things like mini cults that can exist with like 10 people, which I didn't even know. And it's just fascinating to me. So I'm really excited to learn more about it. Is it Kanye's cult? God, I wish it was Kanye's cult, but no. I just <laughs> Does saw he his, have a cult? Like, Well, yeah, I just saw his carpool karaoke with James Corden and he did it on an airplane because they were going to one of their Sunday services. And so it's the whole choir on the airplane and James Corden and Kanye. And so instead of being in a car, they're on an airplane with, you know, a hundred something people and they're singing these amazing hymns and things. And Kanye talks a little bit and talks about how he thinks that people that, you know, are not enlightened or walking around dead, you know, he was, he was asleep and now he's awake. And of course he, he, you know, says freely, he's struggled a lot with his mental health issues and he and Kim are going to have seven children because that's the seven seals and, you know, they're on four, they've got three more to go and everything he's doing is to be more, he says flat out to be more godlike. And the people that have been to these Sunday services say that it's for sure a cult in the making. Now it's it's a Jesus yeah. cult, so it's based in or a Jesus cult, if you a will. Yeezy, Yeezy, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, well, I'm ex- I'm not gonna like beg you to tell me which cult because I'm very into cults. But I, um, when is that coming out? How about that? Uh, by the end of January, for sure. Ooh, it'll okay, start. That, so oh. the tricky part is like you know a lot of podcasts they go away for six months and people pay them while they're not producing, you ooh, know, ooh. like because they're on these great teams. But like I really have to produce in in the week so that's why sometimes it's like friday night and the episode's not out yet and i'm like on instagram like i'm sorry i love you all so much but like my kid's sick or whatever because i do start editing the season and work on it like in real time as each episode gets out then i'm just working like crazy until the next one's ready so 
Um, I don't have exact date, but yeah, towards the end of January for sure. That's super exciting. Do you have any podcast that you've been listening to when you all your spare time that you would recommend? So I just created a list um, for my listeners of my like all time favorite podcasts, because as I'm sure you've heard from other podcasters, you're kind of working on your own podcast so much sometimes that you don't have as much listening time. And unfortunately, exactly. unfortunately, slash fortunately, a lot of my listening time is now spent researching and listening to books on audio, uh, audio books on audible a lot for getting ready for the, you know, whatever I'm working on. Mm -hmm. But these are like my all time favorites. And of course, yours is on the list. Um, oh, thank you. Crime junkie, court junkie, criminal, the dream, someone knows something, aftermath, believed, beyond reasonable doubt, breakdown, case file, broken hearts, crime town, slow burn, Dirty John, Dr. Death, Empire on Blood, In the Dark, S-Town, Serial, She Says, The Ballad of Billy Balls, The Daily, The Grift, The Dropout, The Vanished, Thin Air, Unconcluded, Uncover, Up First, Up and Vanished, and The Teacher's Pet. <laughs> Those are my favorites. That's an insane list. Sorry. <laughs> no. Will you, will you email that to me also? Yes. Because I love that. I will. What is uh, She Says? She Says is... I don't know who produced it, but I do think it's some sort of news media outlet, like a newspaper or something of that nature. But it's basically about a rape victim. And it talks about – it walks through docu-series style, um, her filing, her police report, what it's like for her working with the police department, and kind of the whole process. It's really heartbreaking, to be honest, but it's also very real and I think um, speaks to a lot of social justice issues that are important. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to look that one up. And um, Uncover, I interviewed sweet uh, Josh Block yes. about, about, about Nexium. I love him. And, and you've interviewed my Someone Knows Something, David. <laughs> right, David? David? Someone S Knows Something. Didn't you interview him? No. I wish. Oh, we talked about, last time I was on, we talked about how he's like your white whale. Oh, David Ridgen. I'm yes. like... I, I'm like, do I need to come to Canada and find you? Like, <laughs> right? I, yes, I love I, him. Okay, yes. that's what it was. I'm remembering it now. We were talking about how we both are like, please interview him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And even like where to start, it would have to be like three hours long. Um, he's so great. Um, right when you said that, I was like, because you were saying someone knows something. While you were saying that, I was looking at the word something was wrong. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, David is on your team. I'm okay, David Ridgen. Got it. No, I haven't. I wish. I wish. Um, Okay, well, I'm always listen. I do want you to email me that list, and we'll put it in our um, we'll put it in our show notes. And because I'm always looking for new things, but she says sounds like up my alley. And I'm, of course, I'm you know constantly trying to find new people to reach out mm -hmm. to to come on this podcast. So every time I hear of something I haven't heard of, I'm like, my ears perk up like a little like a little yes. doggy. And you have listened to Believed, right? Believed. No. It was about the. Um, it was. I don't know who did it, but it was about the gymnast that came forward uh, about <gasps> yes. Nasser. Oh, my gosh. You got to listen to that if you haven't. It's so freaking good. Yes. And I haven't heard them do a lot of interviews, so I would definitely tune into that episode. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to you believed. Okay. I'm, like, just uh, giving you my request now. <laughs> please. Well, listen. 
<laughs> You're not the only one. Somebody sent me something the other day and I looked at it and I was like, you know, and I hate to say like, this is not really in my wheelhouse or, but sometimes I get things and I'm like, this is maybe a little too macabre for me or, you know, yeah, just I like bet. one step too far for gory, you know, um, just, you know, I have a sensitive stomach. Okay. But believed I'm going to, I'm going to look at that one and I'm going to, which I did, I think I did listen to like one episode. And then also she says, all right, now tell everybody where they can find, we were just talking about social media. So tell people where they can find out more about you in season four of something was wrong. So the best place to find me is on Instagram at lookieboo, L-O-O-K-I-E-B-O-O. And we have a website now, an official website, and it's somethingwaswrong.com. And there's links to books that are mentioned on the podcast or any sort of like resources and things like that on the website now. So, okay. All right. Awesome. Tiffany, thank you so much. And I would recommend uh, checking out Something Was Wrong. And most everybody has listened to season one, but if not, start there and then go all the way through. And you've got three great seasons waiting for you and Something Was Wrong. All right, Tiffany, thanks so much. And listen, we'll chat again after season four. Thank you so much. I can't wait. Okay. Bye. Bye.